Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. On today's Billy G King Cup Day 2 Catch-Up. All of the dose that keeps GB hopes alive. Coco Goff gets a late-night win. And Joel faces off against Danielle Collins in the press room. On day two of the Billie Jean King Cup finals in Glasgow at Tennis Weekly HQ. We had a bit of a late night last night. Uh, we're going to put that all down to Elisabetta Cocciaretto and Jill Tightman, who had a three and a half hour match in the day session, which meant we were there till the bitter end. What was it, 1am? We didn't get back here till... I think it was the 1am or the 1.30 we bus, so... We were debating, do we record, do we not, do we wait till the morning, and we just... As big tennis fans as we are, we were we were running on fumes, weren't we? We were indeed. I think um, the enthusiasm that we would have had if we'd have done it this morning would be quite different to I, late last night at the 2am club. I am just really thankful the DJ was playing out some absolute bangers. She was uh, working the, overtime. Yeah, she was overtime. working overtime. She had some mixes. She was not just plugging in her iPod. So oh. that is definitely something that we were impressed by. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was great. And uh, yeah, it was a long. It was a long shift. And I mean, it's to be expected. I think at the B- the Billie Jean King Cup, we were there last year. We went late last year, and we've gone late this year. And both the night session ties, they had to go the distance, and they went very very late into the night. I mean, just looking at the ties we had yesterday, including the day session, we had Switzerland versus Italy, with Switzerland coming out as three 0 victors. Slovakia defeating Belgium 2-1 and then in the night session we had Spain defeating Kazakhstan 3-0 USA defeating Poland 2-1 now I want to start with USA Poland because this was the only match of the day and it's been the only match of the tournament um, so far that actually went to a deciding doubles rubber and you could tell the kind of you know it was a really important situation because Coco Goff came in, was swapped with Taylor Townsend to play with McNally. Obviously, they have a great uh, great partnership, and it showed on the court. But, um, yeah, it was a very, um, you know, it was a very tense situation, despite there literally being, like, 60, 70-odd people in the arena. Yeah, it was very tense. I think there's been a lot of um, hype around the US team coming into this. It's a very different team from last year. Last year, Danielle Collins was, I think she was ranked in the 20s to, to 30s, and she was the number one player. And this time, on the original lineup with Pagula included, she was the, um, the number four player. So she's actually the number three player here, which is quite surprising. So she played second singles, and that went to a final set tie-break. And then Lynette managed to edge keys. So if a couple of points had gone the other way, the US could have lost, yeah. or potentially lost to Poland, without Iga Sviontek. 
I mean, Magda Lynette for Poland is a very tough customer. And we were, you know, we were talking throughout this tie about USA. And certainly I think they've got one of the stronger, you know, doubles teams if they do play Goff and McNally. But you have to think that their singles lineup is where their kind of challenges mm. arise, particularly when you're the captain and you're looking at the picks. Because Danielle Collins coming out as the, the number two pick, Fine, I accept that. Yes, she didn't have her best game yesterday, but to me that makes sense. You know, she's a top 15 player, great player. But Madison Keys is the number one player. We were, we felt like that's a that's a potential vulnerability, isn't it, for the USA? Yeah, I think we were talking about this yesterday. That a lot of Madison's great results this year happened early on in the year, mm. um, like in Australia. She picked up a title. She also managed to um, reach the semi-finals there, and she had some fantastic form. But since then, it's been kind of peaks and troughs for her. So, her as a number one player not always famously good at problem solving or the pressure of the situation. So Danielle Collins, I think, would you would think would be a surefire um, bet for your second singles. But we did question, when you see Madeleine, a very tricky customer who's taken out top 10 players at Grand Slams this year, um, makes it difficult, gets a lot of balls in court and is inspired by the occasion. She was always going to cause her problems. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, to me, Lynette is one of those players, when I'm looking at the Grand Slam draws, I feel like she's always capable of an upset in like the first round or even the, the second round. But, um, you know, she, she played you know, she played fantastic. Keys was a little bit off her game. I mean, Daniel Collins, also a little bit off her game. I think the only difference was Collins was able to get the victory. Madison Keys ended up in defeat. Yeah, I think... With Collins, you could tell that she was not going to let go from it. And, um, she kept letting go of a racket. No, she did. The only thing she let go of was a racket, <laughs> but she still managed to find a way to win. I think it was, um, she was going to grind out every point. She was going to try and find a plan B. And um, Her first serve, I feel, kept her in it. At yeah, she was down break points in that final set. Mm. She had a lot of really tough points to get through. And her mental resilience was kind of um, light and day with Madison Keys kind of um, having the opposite when it came to some of those clutch moments in that um, third set and staying competitive. But we didn't see as much of that Madison Keys match, Joel, did we? Because a certain Danielle Collins was keeping us waiting in the press room <laughs> for 25 minutes. How dare she? How dare she? No, no, it was all great. I mean, she was fantastic when she did come in. She, it wasn't a right back in a sort of make it quick, I want to get out of here. Um, she was very nice. She was very exploratory with um, the questions that, that she was asked. She gave everyone a lot, didn't she? And yeah. she made eye contact with everybody. how frustrated she cut she well, herself on Well, the Joel, I think this I is was, where... I was annoyed, actually. There was no... For me, there was not much Danielle I saw on the mm, court. It was mm. very much drop my racket. There were a few kind of yelps there here and there, but it wasn't the Danielle I know. I think it was because she really wanted to keep it... Uh, well, not not keep it together but I think it was she wanted to try and bring it a better level out of herself rather than um, if she's playing well and she's more fired up with how she's playing mm-hmm. so I think it was more frustrated than it was um, I'm playing well I've got to take my level higher it's what am I doing on some of these shots and Joel I have to say the bravest the bravest man in all of the Billie Jean King Cup <laughs> opening question asking about you seem frustrated on court I was scared and I thought using negative words yeah we had inhibited by the fact that you get on so well with your team yeah. and he survived she answered it she was very um, well, well that was interesting because she did talk about you know she wanted to win so desperately mm. for her team and I was trying to put two and two together thinking did she want to win so much mm. that it was affecting her play? I mean, to be fair, she was having none of it and actually saying you know, she felt inspired by her teammate and teammates. And, mm. and what I actually loved you know, watching the, the US team from the sideline in the team zone was 
They were bringing out the tambourine. They were bringing out the cowbell. They didn't necessarily have big kind of following behind them like a you know a Kazakhstan um, team would and could you know rely on. But I liked how they brought their own atmosphere within the team to the event. And I, I mean, it's, I think <laughs> just thinking about it, that's great to see. Is that a little bit of an indictment of the event, the event and the atmosphere that they feel like they have to bring their own? their own noise to the to the setting? I think it's nothing that unusual when it comes to um, sort of the Fed Cup previously and the Billie Jean King Cup that the teams really do get involved. They're often the loudest shouters. I mean, Tom Janovic <laughs> last year, she was um, very vocal when it yeah. came to the Australian matches. But I think it's great to see because they are far from home. It is the end of the season. There's not much US attendance here from a journalistic yeah, perspective. So, yeah. you know, make the make the noise yourself and... Uh, I did feel the only person I felt sorry for was um, the one man with a sign which said the Danimal Fan Club. And um, Danielle's boyfriend is uh, about six foot seven and um, was sitting quite near there. So he must have um, at least have had a conversation. He stole, yeah. What was he wearing? He He stole the the fur jacket, the the matching fur jacket that all of the US women wore to uh, the the kickoff party. So. Quite, quite, quite the, uh, quite the character. I know, um, I know. Nothing less than for, for Danielle, but <laughs> it was yes. a good win for USA. I feel like just touching on on Madison Keys. Do you think Coco Goff? Ideally, I know Coco Goff's had a long season. I know she didn't perform particularly great in the singles in Fort Worth, um, in in Texas. But do you feel like if USA are going to harbour hopes of of winning this event? they're going to need to bring in golf for the singles, potentially as well as the doubles? Yeah, I think they have options. Um, and that's what they said is so great. I think the options they have are really for the doubles rather than for the mm-hmm. singles. Danielle Collins has to play their second singles because she's the ranked three player. So unless you're going to play um, a Taylor Townsend or a McNally in your singles, she is the player who will be taking that match. So I think then when it comes to the higher ranked player, Coco is the player who's had the most form this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why she was picked for the doubles as well. So whether she does doubles duty, um, doing singles and doubles would be a question. I know that uh, Taylor Townsend and uh, Madison Keys reached the semi-finals of the French. I know that McNally and Taylor Townsend reached the final and almost won against Inyakova Kuchikova yeah. in Flushing Meadows. So I think they've got doubles options. I don't think she has to play twice. Um, Ooh, she, she won't play twice, I don't think, when it comes yeah. to the, the semi-finals if they've already got the win. I think it would be strength and depth for them mm. she just wants to be on the tambourine you know she was having so much fun the cowbell she loved it <laughs> the loudest person there she was having a party after yeah. one set finished well, exactly I mean we did have uh, on the other kind of night night session uh, match we had Spain defeating Kazakhstan 3-0 this for me was very much on Paula Badosa's racket because she was on double duty she played in the singles she played the doubles and this was a very interesting match particularly from a GB perspective because Ideally, we were hoping, I think, what, for a Spain 2-1 victory, but the Spain 3-0 victory basically means that GB need to whitewash Spain today in order to progress. Yeah, I definitely did not have a good grasp of what the situation was, because <laughs> had I known, I would have really hoped that Putinseva would have been able to get that win against Diaz that also went to a final yeah. set tiebreak. I mean, the number and of match points that she was saving, I was wondering at times whether... Parisas Diaz was gonna was gonna falter given the you know the relentlessness of, of Putin's save and how she was handling and playing those big points. Yeah, and playing so well when she was behind. I think um, I was impressed by both of their levels, but I do think um, when it comes down to it, that Bedosa it depended on which Bedosa turned up. Mm-hmm. Is it the Bedosa that kind of 
stutters through a few games and isn't really present. Yeah. Um, and so when she did go um, up in that first set and did take that first set against Kasatkina in the second rubber, and then... Rabi Kina. Sorry, I was, <laughs> I've been doing that all week. Um, Kasatkina's on my mind after her great season. But um, yeah, with um, Rabi Kina, no, I think it was um, that classic match where she went down a break in the third and we thought, is Badosa going to be able to fight mm-hmm. back? Because quite often she hasn't been able to, no, to keep yeah, that... No. Form it's going through. A little more surprising, really, I think. Yeah, and I hope it sets her up this sort of um, tournament. And we saw it with Danielle Collins. She's not had great form, really. No, and at the Grand Slams sense. either. I think um, it's been a, a bit of a challenging year for her. She talked about some of the mental health mm-hmm. issues and challenges that she's had, and maybe a bit like Danielle reaching the final of um, the Australian. Mm-hmm. Maybe this would inspire her to get some good form and get some positive momentum going to next year. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, that second tie, uh, Bedosa versus. Rybakina was for me one of the best ties we've seen in the singles. The level was very high. It was very very high. It, for me, it gave me flashbacks to last year, uh, Benchich versus Kerber, which was played on like the the fringe court, the court miles court, away miles somewhere. Away, you exactly. need a map to find it. And this this was going on you know, whilst in you the were velodrome. Saying, yeah, exactly. It was going on in the velodrome, but it was really high quality. Um, the bigger crowd. I know, it was. And obviously Kazakhstan, just relentless drumming was great. I mean, just talking about this, you know, the Spanish team in relation to, you know, they've got GB coming up uh, to, later today. Mm. Badosa and Rybakina's games, I feel like they're very similar. They're very kind of aggressive power from the baseline. And, you know, we spoke about yesterday how Harriet Dart, as much as she tried, it just didn't feel like she was able to kind of put a lid on, on what Rybakina was throwing mm, at her mm. and I feel like Bedosa would just very much do a similar sort mm. of thing and we were debating whether just Katie Bolter mm. have a better game for these aggressive players given what we've seen in the past you know against you know someone like a Sabalenka yeah that's what my suggestion was yesterday because I do think that the nature of her game is that she does play well when the pressure is off and she's playing a big hitter so against Putin Saver, there was some expectation there probably from her that she had a close match last time that she really could take it and she did take that first mm-hmm. set but the belief wasn't quite there so free hitting is what you need and when you're down against someone who's a top player you do you do hit through so I would put Katie Bolter there I'd put Heather Watson, and as, Heather the, Watson and, as the second oh, singles so you completely change it up in terms of our GB's singles well you'd ha- we'd have to for the order because Dark can obviously play second singles yeah. Um, and then I keep the same doubles pair. Um, they played so well, Olivia and Alicia, and I would. There's no reason to switch that one up after after that performance mm. because I do think that Heather Watson could have a really good matchup against Diaz. I think there could be potentially a way for us to win because yeah. you have to think we need three nil. I know it's not a two one. It's gonna be a. Wi- it's gonna be weird. Dare I say, if GB lose that first that first match, it's gonna be very weird atmosphere. I feel for the second singles mm. and the doubles, knowing. You know, knowing that you can't, you can't, pro, you know, you can't progress. Yeah, it is strange. And I'm thinking, why am I resting Harriet Dart on number one? Maybe we put her in the doubles with Heather potentially. Yeah. I, or I don't know. I think it's it is a tricky one because either you skip Heather, but I don't think the matchup works as well with your other it's players. Tough. It's, it's tough. tough. It's tough to know. But um, I don't want to be in Ankyofong shoes. But yeah, it's going to be tough. It'll be interesting again to see you know, the picks that the, the captains the captains choose. And that is very much part of what is interesting about this format because... Get your calculators out. You've got to get your calculators out, exactly. I mean, we did have also uh, in the day session, you know, going back to the start of the day, Switzerland, Italy. Switzerland, uh, in the end, uh, whitewashed Italy 3-0. 
Is Switzerland, unlike most of the other teams where there is strength and depth, I'm thinking about USA, for example, where they have multiple doubles combinations, they can bring in different players for the singles and, and I would be like, yep, yeah, they're very competitive. Is Switzerland the most two-person team here in terms of it's the Benchich and Teichmann show? I think... It is, and I think they did... T- I mean, I tried to ask the question. They talked about yeah. rotating, and last year it did work because Golubic did play some really good mm. um, matches when they, uh, when they rotated between um, different players. But I think it is the type of bench it show. They play such... You know good- what you're going to get. And I think it's actually a benefit to the team that they're mentally prepared for that as opposed to the US team. Am I getting the call? Am I not getting the call? Yeah, Am I going to disappoint my team? If you know that you are the one and two when you're playing, there's no, oh, if I don't do well, then I won't be picked next time. I'm not saying that's how people think, but... Um, I asked them the question I tried to push them on it and they weren't having it um, I did ask is, uh, about rotating between the team is that the plan or do you think that they'll probably end up doubling up and Jill Teitman stopped me in my tracks and said uh, we won't say that no 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 it's a surprise <laughs> so um, I think the surprise is that we'll see them in every match this week <laughs> yeah, no, I, no I, I agree are we going to see Jill Teitman play more three hour matches I swear I mean she's to me one I mean, of it was, the was, fittest yeah. players on the tour but um to be fair, I had not really heard much of Elisabetta Pochiaretto, uh, but she put up a she put up a great fight because I was just, I think we were both fully expecting Trevisan to feature somewhere in the singles, but but Cocciaretto was I thought very very hard uh, opponent to for Tightman to put away. You've got to feel bad for her. I saw her play against um, Eugenie Bouchard in Guadalajara in twenty twenty one. I think she was playing there, and it was. Um, a case where she's a bit similar to some of the big hitters who plays very flat. And if she's making the ball, it can be going well, but she can also really miss. And although she did lose this, she had match points. She was up in that final set. She was, uh, I think it was 5-2. She was up and um, wasn't able to close it. So you've got to feel for her. She is a young player and she was doing her best for a country against a, pl- a player much more highly ranked. Um, I was impressed with the showing, impressed that when she got broken, she broke back to force the tie break, yeah. but it was one step too far. And another... 2-0 uh, uh, result already singles, so we haven't been getting many deciders apart from that, uh, the US match no no we haven't and uh, you know one, the, the, you know, the reason for that was because Benchic defeated Paulini in straight sets I mean Benchic is very I feel very very dependable um, very motivated very from motivated. what we asked her in press as well about the controversy last year where mm. there was a late change yes. from Team Russia after the, was it the, Sam, so- Sam Sonova? Sam Sonova ended up playing number one mm. even though she was actually ranked maybe three or four on the team and that was because she had a really good head-to-head against Benchic it was a it bit was naughty. naughty and kind of reiterating from last year she did say it was within the rules but like it is stretching the rules and now the rule has changed mm. so I think it's um, particularly interesting that uh, that they are more motivated this year because I do think if they'd have played in the correct order against the Russian Tennis Federation, they would be <laughs> the winners. So I'm yeah. hoping that they have a good showing here. It's, it's interesting because you can understand uh, uh, arguably like a, a two-person team like Switzerland could get frustrated when a team feels like they have so much strength and depth they can just do whatever they want and bring in whoever they want, whenever they want. Um, yeah, like a, yeah. you know, like a, a Russia, a uh, Russian number Russia four Russia playing number one last year. Exactly, exactly. What I did like in the press conference afterwards, Benchich spoke about the feeling of feeling, you know, woken up from the excitement of of Teichmann winning after three sets. You know, she doesn't she doesn't get kind of distracted or kind of frustrated that you know this match is going on and on and on, and I don't know when I'm going onto the court. Actually, she feels a little bit inspired when you know she's watching her compatriots mm. um, play on the tennis court. Yeah, I mean, she definitely said she was a bit nervous when she was watching that long match and uh, trying to find out what the result would be 
ahead of her match. Um, it's obviously nicer playing knowing that you're 1-0 up. Uh, but still, I think um, she's able to keep a level head. She's super focused and, as we said, super motivated. Um, yeah, and their press conference was an absolute delight in terms of they're, I they the are vibing. Jackets. Yeah, I love yeah. The puff. It for me was giving me it's very, ski season in Switzerland. It was ski season in yeah. Switzerland. Exactly. Get me to Verbier. Um, no, <laughs> but we also had our final, the final match, um, Slovakia in in the day session on court one. Slovakia defeating Belgium two one. Um, I quite enjoyed. As soon as we kind of got in to the the stadium, got mm. to the main mm. court, literally within five minutes, not even five minutes. You rushed off to the Velodrome court because you were, what, were you so desperate you wanted to watch Kuzmova versus Bonaventure? I didn't actually tell you where I was going, I just didn't come back. <laughs> and I knew that you'd know where I was. I yeah, I was, I was front row for that one. Um, I, I was there to find out what the story was in terms of locating Elise Mertens. She obviously wasn't playing in that match, wasn't um, picked for yes. it. And that was a very interesting... Uh, press conference which had many more people from the press than you would expect for um, Elise Mertens and, and the Belgium team at an away um, match and we did find out um, she's been clocking up the air miles she's been she? clocking up the air miles but she's also she wasn't um, an option for selection because she did get in uh, wheels on the tarmac at 9.47 <laughs> last the night was very specific he was that. tracking that flight but and also said that uh, Mertens had showered. <laughs> she did say that, and there was a joke about um, maybe not being the freshest when she got off the plane, but um, what commitment to the team. She did not complain about it at all. She said maybe she would complain if she hadn't won the title. Um, but she, she was very positive about it, and she, but she did say when it came to the scheduling um, around uh, the yeah. tournament here, she did say that it would be nice if um, they did something about it. But she did not complain, but when asked, she obviously wasn't going to say... Um, there was a problem. She said, "Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. That would be nice." Smiling. So I mean, who? I mean, I don't blame her. Texas, Madrid, London. Yes, Glasgow. three flights. That was her. Yes. That was her trip. Yes, so... and then on the tennis court, getting a win in record time, six love, six three, mm. and um, it kind of sets us up for the matches today because Mertens is back on court. She's on singles duty. Mm. They have their number one and two players playing today. Unlike yesterday, they need to go for the three nil win and. Um, you'd imagine that the team they put together of um, Elise Mertens and Kirsten Flipkins versus Storm Sanders and Samantha Stoza could be a very interesting yep. doubles match as well as Elise Mertens Tomjanovic yeah. being a great singles match. So they're in it to win it now after a very uh, difficult start for them. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the specific ties because again, we were talking yesterday about it's almost like not looking at it tie by tie. It's looking at it match by match because generally speaking, that's what it can come down to. And you really do have to take it one match at a time. Every set, every game, mm. um, it matters because when it comes down to it, it's very hard to know what your opponents will do in their other matches. And it's not really about um, the wins necessarily. It's about how many of those yeah. rubbers you can get in individual ties because that's what it looks like when you look at the, how they total it up in the groups. Mm. So it's a very different um, perspective. And Harriet Dart was very clear about that, that the match was still live, even though they were down 2 0 against Kazakhstan. It's a, strange, it's a strange sort of feeling. It's like hard to. She said it was. You've got to block that out, yeah, don't you? That yeah. It's like, oh, this tie is dead. Because, yeah, it can all come into it. You know, get the calculators out, make it interesting. It, yeah. you know, who knows how you know, important it can be? I mean, 
Day three is upon us, and we have, again, four ties today. We've got Australia versus Belgium, Canada versus Italy, Spain versus Great Britain, and Czech Republic versus Poland. Well, you know where I'll be, Joel. Wherever Bianca is. Tom Janovic Mertens? I can go between. I can have, go to <laughs> Bianca first, then I can check out the Mertens match, because mm. I think those two are really going to play the best for their, for their country. And then mm. for the evening's predictions, Joel, I think we probably think that the Czech Republic are going to get the win over Poland. Well, I mean, that was going to be my final question, was because Czech Republic do not have Barbora Krachikova. She has dropped out with a hand injury. Does that weaken Czech Republic's chances? Because for me, like USA, they're a team that have strength in depth. So how, how, much, of a, how much does that weaken them, do you think, not having Krachikova in the squad? I think it, it will prove to be a bit of a challenge. Um, very handy on the singles. And doubles court. They they were lacking last year um, a doubles combination that when it did not include Krajikova and Sinyakova playing mm. together. Yeah. Uh, they were trying to rest her a bit last year because she was obviously going to Guadalajara. Um, Pliskova's here for first singles, but they have got some quite kind of um, untested players like Mukova's only just coming back. She's been playing on some of the smaller tournaments in the UK. Vondrusova just picked up a title. Up, yeah. yeah, they're going to have to play some of the levels that we saw last year when... Um, Von Drusova was the standout player of the, the tournament for, for us, I think, probably, um, given some of the way she was dismantling opponents. So, unknown quantities there, but you have to think that um, the combined level of the team is probably enough to take down Magda Lynette. <laughs> you think so? Uh, the one, yeah. Lynette. Fetch was also good, I've got to be honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, That's a disservice to, to her. a little bit of a surpri- yeah, surprise package in terms of how... How hard they fought. If Iga was so, there, they could have won. I know. It very, I mean, that is a very interesting question you brought up. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see how all the ties get on uh, today. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow for our day three catch-up. But I hope you've enjoyed listening to this day two catch-up of the Billie Jean King Cup finals in Glasgow with Tennis Weekly. But for now, it's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon.